Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and no, it doesn't. Uh, case in point, we're here to talk about the sequel to 2018's very own Black Panther, and this one is entitled mm-hmm. Wakanda Forever. Um, it's. I was just thinking about this earlier today. Is this Black Panther 2018, is this around the point where you started to enjoy these movies? Uh, it was... In the run of good ones, I believe, because I think I don't think it was like among the first, but it was no, when they were the hitting first. their stride. Yes, because Ragnarok came out right before this, or mm-hmm. before Black Panther one, and that's when I think it became weird that you kept introducing our podcast. Marvel sucks because at that point you had come to enjoy these movies, <laughs> at least some of them. Um, it, I, I think that it, you could at very least say this is where the hit rate starts to be higher than the miss rate. Yeah. Whereas in phase one, I think that's the opposite for me. Oh, I, I don't think that there's really any misses anywhere on the on the yeah. board. But uh, obviously, that is why we have a podcast where we debate these things. This is an exciting uh, movie to talk about, though, just because it's... I'm so like, stoked with, to talk about this movie. With all the context around this movie and yeah. Chadwick Boseman and all that, like it just makes... it. it they had a kind of a lot of expectations and stuff you knew they were going to have to do going in like this movie is going to have to satisfactorily explain why this previously important character isn't here yeah and also have all these characters react to that change yes in a way that is emotionally resonant resonant and also respectful to the actor chadwick boseman as and well, I feel like. boy can i say that's a tall order and i think they absolutely nailed it in every capacity I was. Yeah, we'll I mean, get, at the risk of is the is, we don't want to spoil it. I will just say I do think they handled all those things well. Okay, that um, doesn't necessarily uh, match. It doesn't not match my review. I'm just saying that I'm not sure. revealing my you, hand. Yeah, already. it's not a spoil to say that they did that well. Okay, so uh, I have seen this one time. Um, I'm going to give you my ranking right now, so we can dive right into it. Um, this is number 14. This is also subject to change because I do plan on watching this at least two more times in theaters. Um, I'm putting it number 14 right behind Iron Man 3 and right above of Iron Man 1. <clears throat> um, and okay. let me see where that pulls up. Stat-wise, um, Iron Man 1, I gave a 5.5. And, and Iron Man 3, I gave a 3. Uh, Five, but that's probably also going to change during Thanksgiving because that seems like a bit of a drop. I'm going to go ahead and give this a 5.5. Wow, yeah. Iron Man 3 really went up since... Oh, maybe I'll give... All right, 5.33. I'm going to give this a 5.33. We got to do Thanksgiving soon because these are very old ratings. <laughs> uh, a lot has changed in my stance on the really good Marvel movies and the perfect Marvel movies. Um... <clears throat> So 5.33, my adventures at the table. Got to go with my boy Chadwick, Mm -hmm. R.I.P. We'll go with Umbaku. Uh, Namor, pretty cool guy. Uh, He can be there. Uh, Shuri, she handled the mantle well. Um, Let's throw in uh, Iron Man, just because I've talked about him and his movies are sandwiched in between these. Or sandwiched this movie in between them in my rankings. And... Uh, my three three is the wasp. 
Yep. Is that okay? That's the third the metric. I didn't write a conversion yes. chart like I said I would at the end of the last episode, <laughs> which was uh, very uh, foolish of me. So it was interesting seeing Namor because he is a card in Marvel Snap that I had been using recently. So oh, yes. once he, once I was like, oh, I know this guy. <laughs> have, so, so do you think Marvel Snap has helped you get... Well, we should also mention, because you haven't uh, mentioned on the pod yet, you are a Marvel Snapaholic, I believe. Yeah, I, I, I was more a couple weeks ago. I was really playing a lot. I've yeah. slowed down a little bit, but I've still been playing a decent amount. But you think you're going to pick it back up. It'll come and go. Probably. And I then mean, plateau. For people that don't know, Marvel Snap is like a, a mobile card game where you collect different superhero cards and then use them to take control of, like, the... I don't know. Basically, you try to win two out of three zones. That's basically the game. With and cards. different And different superheroes have different strengths yes. and abilities that make that interesting. Yes. I My friend was showing it to me at a Halloween party, actually, and it was just like two nerds in the corner of this party happening. We're just looking at Marvel Snap. It was pretty funny. But it did yeah. look addicting. I'm less into phone games, uh, but, uh, you know, maybe it could happen. Well, I, I generally... So the only game I play on my phone is chess, for the most part. But this is nice because it's... <laughs> it's flex. <laughs> well, because it takes no brain power. Chess, the way I, you know, like on my phone, is also doesn't take that much brain power because it's normally like fast chess. Yeah. But this is even quicker, and it's also like, it's it's more uh, kind of fluky and luck based. I mean, it's not yeah. luck, but you you know, like the effects are so crazy that it's hard to predict what's going to happen. Whereas chess, you kind of have to know everything yes. you're doing. Yes, I. Every time I think, I think the last time I played chess was with you at the Infinity War premiere on your phone, and we had three hours to kill just sitting there in our yeah. seats. And you just school me in ever, and you're like, "What if I just have a king and a rook? Can I beat you?" And you beat me. <laughs> it was, chess uh, is very much that kind of game. Like, there's no, like, like this game, card games. You you have stuff in your hand that the other person doesn't know about. Yeah. So you can always have at least a chance of surprising them. Whereas chess, it's just all out it's there. It's always like, yeah. But you like that. That's why you like Overwatch because everyone has the same abilities kind of deal. Like you don't well, have to level Overwatch up your characters. Forever, guess, but yeah. Well, they just released Overwatch too. I'm surprised you're not on that. Yeah, Blizzard is not uh, quite the game studio they no. used to be in my esteem. What happened? Uh, they've had a series of kind of like scandals and also just kind of their uh, monetization of stuff has gotten less chill over time. It used oh. to be just like you bought the game yeah, and that was good. Well, that's most video games. The monetization has kind of just yes. overrun everything. And else. Marvel Snap isn't really an exception. They have some stuff. I mean, I haven't put any money into it, and I haven't yeah. like it. It's at the very least, I'll say, if anyone wants to try it, it's not like the kind of thing where putting money in will make you win more. Yeah, like it's more for accessories. Like just, yeah, yeah, which um, I'm okay with. I don't mind. I don't mind that kind of monetization. The, the kind of monetization that really bugs me is when it's like, oh, you get to win now because you paid more money than I got. I paid. Oh, yeah, no, for that's kind of Call of Duty, but or that's where that's gotten to. Mm -hmm. I That is crazy, though, to me, that there's a whole generation of children who are like, I'm going to pay real money so this person, my character, can wear a jacket while he's murdering other people online. Yeah. Like, that blows my mind. We used to just no, buy the disc and we played the disc and everything. We sound so old now. This well, and if you wanted like a cool aesthetic item, like it would normally be locked behind like some sort of weird achievement or something, yeah. or you just yes. had to find it in the game yep. or grind in-game money for yes. no external <laughs> reason. Yes. Yeah. 
and you'd get it and then but it was a status symbol it was like oh he did that thing that's mm. really crazy that he did the thing to get and that now thing. it's just oh he now did that like, thing which is steal his mom's credit card <laughs> yeah he did that thing which is pay ten dollars for uh staff but people didn't staff. come here for boomers talk about video <laughs> games oh <laughs> that can be our sister podcast <laughs> that is so crazy like and just our parents would be like, oh, why are you playing this disc-based game with no internet? Like, we used to have a hoop on a stick that we, like, yeah. tossed around the yard. Our yeah, parents like, from 1890. It's like, how are you having fun if no one can see you having fun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, so crazy. Uh, but, yes, we are here to talk about Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Um trying to think if there's any quick marvel mailbag oh uh exciting news deadpool 3 we have we talked about that on the podcast yet no we haven't because i don't know anything about it oh great deadpool 3 confirmed to have hugh jackman in it as wolverine and it is going to be a multiverse road trip movie where the tva owen wilson is also in it as mobius and he will be chasing down or that's more exciting to me than hugh jackman being in it I know, but Hugh Jackman, as you know, uh, I listened to our Logan pod from five years ago. I really, really love Wolverine. Um, so they are going through the multiverse, and the TVA is chasing them, doing stuff, and Deadpool's just being Deadpool. And they also just confirmed Chris Evans will return as the Human Torch. Oh. From his Fantastic Four days. Wait. In What? <laughs> exactly that's Maybe interesting i don't know if it's wolverine's confirmed because they publicly announced that this is like my marvel online sources have announced like the rumored people and yeah they're right 90 percent of the time so i think this is gonna happen that's uh i yeah i kind of yeah. like it i mean it's fun yeah. <laughs> it's very fun it's very just imagine what is that movie going to be? I'm so excited. It's going to be great. And it comes out two years from now, so we're going to get a lot more information about it until then. It's going to be rated R, so Wolverine can do his thing. Uh, yeah, it could be It could be like the best, just simply the best. What does that um, mean about Disney Plus, though? I, uh, Disney Plus doesn't really have R-rated stuff, does no, it? No, it does now. They have uh, parental codes. There was a bit of a backlash because oh. they moved all the Netflix shows to Disney Plus, and all of those are, most of them are TVMA. Like the Punisher mm. is now on Disney Plus, Daredevils on Disney Plus, um, and they have like an adult section, whatever. Um, and there was some backlash from concerned parents who were like, "This is my children's app, kind of deal." Yeah. Um, but they're now you can do parental locks and everything. They just wanted all of the Marvel stuff in one place, so it wasn't divided. You, yeah, I mean that that seems like a natural thing to do. So yeah, and they just you know didn't have a hundred percent creative control. Um, but we're gonna get. Yeah, Deadpool 3 I, is probably, other than the new two Avengers movies, are my most anticipated project. Um, and that will follow Loki Season 2, which comes out ne- next summer in about seven months. Um, so we'll get more Mobius before then. Um, and Quantumania in February. We are finally at the... I think the biggest gap was since post-COVID was... Because we got four of them in four months. We got like Black Widow, or six months. Mm-hmm. We got Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Spider-Man all within the back half of the year, which was great. And then I had to wait five months for Multiverse of Madness, which was not great, because that's a long time. But now so, I think we're, we're at the point where it's going to be three months in between movies, and then we'll get shows in between those as well. So in the theater was the first time I saw the Quantum Mania trailer. 
Oh, and what? And are you stoked? It looked interesting. It's weird. Like, so there's like a whole civilization down there in the quantum realm. Yes, correct. Huh. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. But did you see that shot? Because because when they were showing us that in Ant Man and the Wasp, yeah, the quantum realm, it did not seem like a very inhabited place. It seemed like kind of an empty zone. No, but it's like big it's infinite space so you know much like our universe and galaxy like there's a lot of space and nothing and then there are planets with people on them well yeah well that's also weird because the quantum realm is i mean however much smaller than our realm is but you'd still have the whole universe worth of stuff just drink you know what i'm saying like no the quantum world is saying. way bigger Marvel's great. than <laughs> it's way bigger than our typical universe because uh, the universe would contain it. I don't, it's just in it. It's good. It makes sense. I don't think that they were barely in the quantum realm. Like they were just, they were like in an ocean. Like they were the, like the amoebas, like trying to eat them and stuff. Um, yeah. But isn't it like, like they're supposed to be like subatomic. They're supposed to be super tiny. Yes. In the quantum realm. Oh yeah. No, these are like, so, so if people. I was to walk an inch in yeah. real life, that'd be like a mile in the quantum realm. Sure. So then if you stretch that out to compare it to the whole universe, the quantum realm is, like, massive. Yeah, but that makes it... The bigger it is, the harder it is to find these, like, little groups of people. <laughs> I don't understand your argument. No, I'm not arguing that we should have seen it before. I'm just I'm just marveling at the oh, uh, okay. ridiculous kind of scale of it. And, like, what does that mean if everywhere in the universe you could... There could be intelligent life in the normal size world that we inhabit, but anywhere could also have intelligent life in the quantum realm. I mean, it's similar to a whole ant colony. Like there's, you've seen the movie ants, your favorite DreamWorks picture. Now that's something to talk about. (laughs) They were making a movie for kids and they were like, who should be the lead? I know Woody Allen, (laughs) Woody Allen, every kid's favorite curmudgeon, Woody Allen. (laughs) And they love bugs, specifically ants. (laughs) They do. Uh, came out the same time as The Bug's Life, yeah. which is a probably better movie. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it's Ants definitely a little less scary. Ever. It's been so long since I've seen Ants. I remember in Ants, Sylvester Stallone's character loses his head at some point. Yeah, and then like, like Woody Allen just it. finds his head and like talks to it and he's like, I'm not going to do a Sylvester Stallone <laughs> impression, but he's like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty... I got hurt pretty bad here. It's like, yeah, you're just ahead. <laughs> I really don't remember much from Ants, except uh, Woody Allen has to go save the Queen at some point. But that, you know, could happen in any movie. Woody Allen and the Queen. That's so. What a weird time that was when every movie would get like a knockoff movie at the same time. Every Coke had its Pepsi. It still, I mean, it still happens. We, we but had, I feel like it doesn't happen with a on a DreamWorks scale. It happens on like there's just some smaller knockoff. Yeah, well, but that's the thing. Marvel would never do it. But although with Black Adam, we got a Phase One Marvel movie. They're they're playing the same the Bugs Life Ants game. Yeah. But imagine if Ants came out ten years after a Bugs Life. Yeah. In like retaliation of making. And imagine if they'd learn nothing from watching <laughs> Bugs Life. <laughs> Uh, the Black Adam box office. The movie cost two hundred million. It has made three hundred million worldwide, and now is about to have to compete with Black Panther for the rest of its theatrical run. Wow! <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. No. I mean, because you normally spend like the budget of the movie over again in marketing, so they probably spent four hundred million. Sure. 
marketing or like 200 making it for 200 million marketing it they make money in toys and stuff but still uh i guess the the main thing you look at is the box office uh you want it to be 2.5 times the budget yeah um which i was pretty impressed that black panther's budget i know like they went through some stuff with uh injuries main lead injuries uh obviously their main lead died after they had written the script before they were about to go in production and they had to take a year off. So they're renting, uh, you know, the Disney's just like signing blank checks, like, Oh, keep the equipment rented. We will be back to do the film. Um, so the budget for this is $250 million, which is like one of the more, maybe the most expensive Marvel movie. Um, and obviously it went through some production turmoil. It's definitely going to make the money back. Um, and then some. I think it's looking at 350 million worldwide opening weekend right now. Do you um, think? So one of the things I was thinking about while watching this, and this is more of a broader point. We should probably talk about this later, but sure. I'm going to talk about it now anyway because I don't care about the rules. <laughs> uh, I would say that obviously it it kind of always had to be, but this was a tonally more serious Marvel movie. Yes. Do you think that there are some audiences going into this movie who are going to be like, well, that was a little bit more somber than I expected. No, because most Marvel movies, not. most Marvel movies are pretty goofy. Everyone knows going into this that Chadwick Boseman is dead. You would have to be living under a rock if you go into this movie and like, what happened to the first guy? Like, yeah, why did they kill him off here? That's weird. Everyone and they have been marketing this as a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. They've been saying they're writing a Chadwick Boseman dedication movie. But even with all that being said, they did try to still do some jokes in here. Like they still had to have a tried to have a little bit of Marvel fun, and I would almost say that that was maybe one of my few things I didn't like about this movie is it felt like most of the jokes they tried to do, which wasn't many, didn't yeah, land. Very few. Okay, there <laughs> so, are. There was one time I laughed out loud, and then yeah. there were a couple times. I mean, I don't really view the first Black Panther as a funny one. Like it's not a Guardians or a Ragnarok. Yeah, um, it seems. Here's here's my take on it, and I think. This is my stance, and it's going to be my stance forever. This, to me, felt like watching, comparing the first, both of these movies to Captain America. The first one feels like watching the first Avenger, and this felt like watching Winter Soldier. A completely tonally different shift, and way more serious. A lot of parallels between the two. Um, And I like this one significantly more. Not significantly. I like it a lot more than the first one. Like, Hmm. a large chunk more. Um, and I'd have to consult my, I don't want to consult my ratings cause we got to do ranks giving, but I gave it on my human scale, my letterbox scale. I gave this a four and a half and black Panther one is a four. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really loved this. Uh, it is way above. I, I still think multiverse of madness. I like more. It's, this is probably my second favorite of the year. Um, yeah. And we can get your rating later on. Uh, but there's there's one moment in that. Well, why don't we why don't we just go through? Yeah, let's, let's do let's, let's do it. The very broad beats. We don't need to go too in beat depth, by beat. But. Okay, so uh, the movie starts the opening sequence, and the whole time I'm wondering how are they going to acknowledge he's dead? Like, are they just going to write him out and be like he died? But they actually do an opening scene where the character of T'Challa is dying mm-hmm. due to a mysterious disease, and he's off camera, uh, and Shuri is like racing to find a cure. Um, and it kind of just opens with a black screen and she's saying a prayer to the Wakandan God, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was, it really 
good setting the tone. Um, and I like the, the pace of this. Like, you kind of know how it's going to end, obviously, but it just seems like she's really trying hard to make everything be okay. And then her mother comes in just like, he's gone. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, and they have the funeral, um, the Wakandan funeral, um, and they got the image of him. Uh, and then the Marvel title crawl is absolute silence. Like after mm-hmm. they do the funeral and they do the chant, uh, absolute silence and all the pictures, several frames of him being in the universe. And I watched this Tuesday night at midnight with the staff and it was about 10 of us. Two people burst into tears like immediately <laughs> during that. Yeah. And you probably watched it with a crowded theater, right? I did. And that that's, that's kind of what I was thinking though, is, is why I was talking about like, what people expect from this because i felt like the audience was like i don't know like in marvel you know, normally gives you a couple of those bigs like oh yeah moments and i felt like some people probably show up to a marvel movie expecting that and i don't know if this movie really delivered that ever but again it's a different type of movie what do you mean oh yeah like thor showing up in wakanda in infinity war yeah like, just like either that kind of moment and then also like in like a different type of way there's also some of those like comedic moments where this like i said they did try to do that i just don't think they landed that often uh well there was there was no big laugh in the theater the entire movie i definitely did try to do jokes (laughs) i laughed out loud i will explain when uh it's coming up shortly but um i love this introduction i think this is it sets the tone for the rest of the movie. It makes you realize, like, oh, Chadwick's gone. Rest in peace. Like, that's great. Uh, and everyone, if you didn't for some reason know he was dead, you know now. Like, you're up to speed. You don't have to wait halfway through the movie. Um, yeah. It's great. They handled this so well. I love this intro. It was really, really great. Um, and then is immediately the next scene... Well, I, did you say your piece on this? What you just said your movie theaters reaction. What was your your take to the opening? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I think okay. you're. I think that's the only thing they could have done. Like you Did can't. You like it? there's there's no way. Like the only other thing you could theoretically have done is like make him die off screen doing something heroic. Sure. But I think that would have been lesser. Yeah, that been. This is. I think this is clearly the way to go. So. Yeah. Um. And it is weird, like, if you're watching this 50 years from now and you're just binging all the Marvel movies and you're like, hey, it's kind of weird that this guy is in this one but not this one and they kill him off screen. Like, that's strange. Well, and it's also weird because uh, of if you're if you're watching all of them, you see him get snapped in Infinity War. Yes. To come back in Endgame. Yes. To immediately die. Yeah. That is not yeah. how anyone would ever have plotted Written. this. Yeah. yeah. That's like a DC move. Yeah. Uh, or someone dies in real life. DC writes movies like people are dying in real life. <laughs> um, so, did you watch this with your uh, fiance? Yes. What, what was her take? Overall? Ellie uh, loved this movie. Okay, she Great. thought it was is excellent. I think me and Ellie are gonna get along because <laughs> <laughs> um, she did not like Love and Thunder, and she what was her stance on Multiverse of Madness? I think. Of these three, this would be number one. Multiverse of Madness would be number two. And then uh, the Thor would be last. Okay. That is probably how most people are going to rank these this year. Yeah. 
I really, really, both of us really loved Multiverse of Madness, though. Yeah. Like, that was uh, no, that that's was de- that's definitely still going to be my number one of the year. But yeah, I haven't. I, this is now only the first time I'm, I've, I've thought about comparing it to Thor. Yeah, and that's tough because there might have been moments of Thor that I liked better than the any moment in this. But there was wow. no. I think the bad stuff in Thor was, you know, worse. <laughs> I am. I am so curious about your rating that you've just completely thrown my predictions off that you, there were parts of love and thunder that you liked more than this. I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, like that, that, that part where they're in uh, the shadow planet. Yeah. That's like, it's there, got some memorable moments in the, like the weird moment with the city of gods. Like that movie, I feel like is a little better in retrospect because you only remember the parts you like and you just forget about the parts. Okay, have you, but have you rewatched it? Cause I've seen no. it three times. How many times have you seen it? I saw it the once. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, three times. I've seen multiverse of madness five times and I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Uh, love and thunder three times. Uh, I think it's gonna drop a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, upon further rewatches. Cause right now it's at like 24 or something out of, there are now 38 things on my letterbox Marvel list. It's really great. I so, love this, this time and age. I definitely think that movie could learn a lot from this movie in terms of handling sickness and sure. like sad moments because that movie, like that's kind of why in this movie, you know, I was just saying that none of the jokes really landed, but almost in most of the cases where there was a joke, you could have just not had one and I would have liked it better because instead of just having like a half joke that doesn't land, you just don't try to change the tone. Cause I think that was what was kind of challenging about Thor was that it was very much mostly a comedic movie where they yeah. would hard cut to these cancer scenes that were just brutal. And yeah. the, the juxtaposition, like they never transitioned smoothly was, into that. Not once. It, no. And it, it, that was, the same thing with the villain who is this brooding evil Christian Bale yeah. is acting and doing a world-class performance. Yeah. Uh, and then you'd cut to like Thor farting and it just totally, he's in the wrong movie. Like yeah, put him the, in a serious movie and he, it would be the best. That's, that's another thing I was thinking when I, when I'm looking back at Thor, I, I remember like that opening sequence and I was like, Oh, that's, yes. that was very interesting and kind of good. Yes. But yeah, yeah, no. And the movie as a whole is kind of a, a mess. But I don't think I don't think there's anything in this movie that I liked as much as like that dark world sequence or the o- opening in, of Thor and that kind of oh stuff. the shadow planet the shadow planet yeah you like the shadow planet oh man all right I am we gotta we gotta talk more because I gotta <laughs> I gotta pick your brain this is insane this is you have some hot takes you have some very hot takes <laughs> that's not surprising okay so does immediately after the opening. Oh, we go to the UN, right? United Nations? Yes. Um, really great sequence here where uh, who she is now... Take, it's one year later after T'Challa's death. They've explained... Also, keep in mind, the last thing that T'Challa does at the end of Black Panther is meet with the UN, and he's like, I'm willing to open up Wakanda to the world and share with everyone. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like the Queen has immediately... like taken a step back from that and kind of ignored his dying wish perhaps or well, maybe seems they like, were helping it seems like the u.s and france are being a little bit of a uh, greedy with it yes. they're like he's like i'm willing to work with you and they're like give us all your vibranium please yeah <laughs> and, and he's and she's like well no yeah. <laughs> we don't i'm not sure we trust y'all with it because y'all yeah. are you know 
America and <laughs> Western Europe, and you kind of have a bad history <laughs> with technology <laughs> and literally any other culture on the planet. Yeah. Uh, very true. Um, and then it cuts to the sequence of a whole bunch of military people, like an operation breaking into like a Wakandan research facility or whatever. They're yeah. testing on vibranium. They're trying to steal it. And this is so badass. They're, it's like, oh, the Black Panther's gone. And then she's like, but psych, we still got the Dora Milaje. And then the Dora Milaje, it, it splices between her talking and the heist scene. Um, and the Dora, Dora Milaje just absolutely kills or just yeah. wrecks all of these military people. It's so badass. Um, and this is immediately, I'm like, this is, this feels like Winter Soldier, like off the bat. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're getting into international spy thriller-esque kind of stuff. Um, so the I think tone was, for this movie is set. I think it was interesting that it was France. Yeah. Uh, me and Ellie were talking about that on the way home where it was like, uh, I guess Germany's too overdone. There's too many German villains. You can't have Russia. Yeah. Russia's in a big, you know, yeah. it's too, too relevant, too relevant. Uh, you know, like, I guess you could have done, you know, England or the U S doing it, but France is kind of like still like Western, but we're yeah. probably not going to get in trouble. So yeah. France. What are the French going to do? Yeah. I, I kind of thought it would have been interesting if they'd done the Spanish just because then that would yeah, kind of tie Namor, into the Namor thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I, that totally could have worked well because you got Spain. Is yeah, get a little also, parallelism. Yeah. Um, I guess you could also, they're just trying to say that like the whole world is involved in this story, not just uh, Spain and yeah. uh, Africa. <laughs> um, so that that sequence happens and it looks like Wakanda's kind of closed off to the world a bit. Um, and then we go to the Namor sequence on the mm -hmm. boat. Is that the thing that happens next? Which, uh, I think so. you get that actress who's like in a whole bunch of TV stuff. I've seen her in a lot of stuff and she shows up. Oh yeah. Yeah. She was in wet, hot American summer. Yes. The TV yeah. show. Um, She's and she, yeah, and so I, I really like that sequence at the bottom of the ocean. Like that was kind of like a nice little mini horror vignette yes. of being being down in this big clunky suits in the dark, and you just have the like headlights, and then yep, uh oh, there's something in the water. And you know, like Namor is the antagonist, or like, but you don't know what these people really look like. Mm -hmm. um, and it turns out they're Avatar people. Yes, they are blue, but less long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I love this entire boat sequence. This was amazing. I yeah. so far the three first scenes of this movie are a hundred percent for me. Like I, I am loving this movie. So I didn't know who the villain was going to be, or the like the sea people. You didn't people. know so anything about Namor? I knew nothing going in. I, I went okay. in completely blind. Um, and so for a second, I thought it was like, is there like some sort of Marvel villain that sirens? Like you know, oh, like yeah, like from Greek mythology? Because they're yeah, they're yeah, they're, they're like mind controlling boat. in. Yeah. Uh, so but I thought it was his, something like that you, for a second. You had his card in Marvel Snap. I knew who so Namor was, but Namor I didn't know he was existed. in. Yeah, I didn't know he okay. was in this movie. Okay, so that interesting. I, I feel like I've also told you on this podcast countless times that Namor is going to be the main villain in this, <laughs> and I guess just in one ear out the other with you. You say, "Should I say this one more time so you hear it?" And I say, "Namor." <laughs> <laughs> um. So his intro sequence also just the design of the character with the little like wings around his ankles yeah. in, in the comics looks so weird. It, they made it look really badass in this movie. Yeah. Like I loved it. Is he supposed to have any connection to like Mercury of Greek mythology? Mercury. Uh, I don't know. Cause I, like, you know, like if 
like in the Goodyear logo or something. They have the boots with the wings on them because sure. that's Mercury. Yeah. So you totally could. I imagine that they just kind of. I don't know who came first, Aquaman or Namor. I assume Aquaman because he's a bigger name and DC's been around for longer. Yeah. So I imagine they just try and tweak Aquaman by like, oh, what if we introduce like other Greek gods other than Poseidon? Yeah. And we kind of merged the two. Um, and his, yeah, so his design's badass. All these blue people show up and yeah, they have the interesting siren ability where they can just command people to jump into the water. Um, which is where they are at their strongest. Um, and the boat heist happens. Uh, they shoot the uh, Atlanteans. They're not Atlanteans. They're from Ten- Tenochtitlan. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the name of the city. Yeah. But yeah they're I keep wanting to say Tenochtitlan, which is like the real yeah. uh, city, but that's not it. Um, yeah. Anyway, they're from... They're from fake Atlantis, like a better version of Atlantis, a cooler version of Atlantis. Uh, yeah, what'd you think of that sequence? I know that's skipping just a little bit ahead, but like where where she gets to see it for the first time. I loved it. I love this whole movie. I fucking love this movie. It's really good. <laughs> I, thought that, about this I thought it looked really cool, but it was, it was so dark. Can you imagine uh, living underwater in such a dark place? I don't know. When they're in the certain parts of it, like it's bright. But yeah, I mean, they're they're sea people. Like that's totally normal. That's to be expected. Um, it reminded me a little bit of the Thor ice planet. Sure. Just that's in, fine. In, in be they, like, this is kind of a bummer place to live. Yeah. <laughs> Though it was yeah, quite a spectacle. Why, maybe that's why they're angry and trying to wage war all the time. Hmm. Um, but it this the boat sequence the u.s is like drilling into the ocean to find vibranium because the the meteor landed in other parts of the world apparently um just the biggest chunk ended up in wakanda so i imagine they will do more stuff with that like vibranium is in more places um Mm -hmm. in future projects um maybe the next one will be them trying to return the vibranium all to wakanda who knows um so, what's your what do you think of this boat sequence and the introduction of Namor and the the uh, sea people? Yeah, no, I think this is all very good. Like, it's I, I I think the ocean is a great place to have kind of a horror sequence because it's just so, especially at night. The ocean at night is terrifying. Like yes. anything could be anywhere, and you are completely outmatched because humans are terrible at swimming relative to you no know, like <laughs> to anything to else in the creatures. water. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, good horror. I just love the pacing, like, and the woman's running away to the helicopter, and, like, she shoots the the, the person. I keep calling them fucking Atlanteans. I gotta look up what they're called. Um, Namor, Dormal, Tal- Talokan is Talokan. the name of, so, the Talokinians. Yeah. Talokanians, something of that nature i guess we'll still call them sea people because that's really hard to say um you think she's getting away she gets on the helicopter and uh she like shoots that it's just really good pacing like they're like is she gonna get away and then she pulls out the gun shoots them like oh bullets hurt them that's good to know like they have a weakness they're not completely invincible uh and then they get on the helicopter and you realize namor also has wind powers because he can like manipulate air yeah which is, uh, I thought he was making like a whirlpool under them and it was just like sucking them in. But like mm. now he was just, uh, he was just using air like avatar, the last airbender. 
A lot of Avatar connections to Namor yes. and his squad, to both um, Avatars. Do you think this movie is going to disrupt the box office for Avatar 2 at all? Because it's similar vibes. Every time me and Ellie have been in a theater, when <laughs> that trailer has played, yeah. I think I've leaned over and said, but what if it was good? How weird would that be? Like, if this was actually a good movie, that'd be crazy. Did you hear the runtime? No. It is three hours and ten minutes. Someone needs to stop him. <laughs> That's, that is a bonkers level of self-confidence that he thinks we want to be in Pandora that long. Three hours and ten minutes. Not the Godfather. or That's longer than the Batman, which is a three-hour movie. Ugh. That's twice as long as, like, The Incredible Hulk, which I think is the shortest MCU movie. They're all relatively close to two hours or over two hours now at this point. Uh, I think now there's never been a better time to just, you know, if you can carve out an entire afternoon uh, to watch that movie, we finally do our Avatar Sucks versus No Shit episode. Man, that's so I, long. I have. I, have I don't have my, the attention span for that. No, that's that's the thing. Like, you won't even watch the Batman, which is a good three-hour movie. But my staff is kind of split because half of us think the first movie's dog shit. Half of them, the other half, loves James Cameron. They're like, he can do whatever and get away with it. It's great. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind being wrong. Like, if somehow this Avatar movie is like interesting in some way, I'm just skeptical. That that well, I mean, be the, the fact case. that there's going to be four of them, like, there's four of these sequels happening two years apart, and the yeah. budget for this movie is probably each... They're probably spending a billion dollars on making these four movies. Yeah. And, and part of me wants to, like, respect that. Like, wow, what an ambitious project. But at but, the same time, I saw the first <laughs> Avatar, and that is not something I want 12 more hours of. <laughs> I do think that the only place... Because I watched it once in the theater in 2009 and it was fine and i was like this is really cool 3d and do you remember around that time like that's when everyone started doing 3d movies they're yeah. like this was such a hit let's just put a filter over all existing movies not film it 3d but we'll make it look 3d with this filter and yeah. it'll just be shitty 3d uh it started that wave and now i think 3d has died off so much yesterday uh, our Black Panther numbers, we had 360 people show up to Black Panther and we had 20 people show up to Black Panther 3D just on Friday. I didn't even um, know it was being released as an, have 3D as an option. We do, I don't know what the Regal does, we do opening weekend 3D and then if you don't see it opening weekend, that's your only chance to see it in 3D. Huh. But they send the movie, it's not filmed in 3D, they just do the filter, the Marvel yeah, filter. I, I didn't all, even know that was the thing they were still doing. Yeah, all of these Marvel movies have the, like, they send us files of, like, Like, I'm as surprised sound. as if you told me, it's like, oh yeah, we do a, we do a smell-o-vision for the first couple <laughs> of days if you want it. <laughs> oh, it, but 3D has died off, which is, I, I think, something that will affect the Avatar 2 box office. No, I, probably just try to bring it back, because apparently... James Cameron knows something about the human psyche that I don't know and doesn't apply to my psyches. He knows something about the public that is somehow it's, fundamentally different. It's, it's like uh, the Futurama episode with the brains and he has yeah. that like immunity. Fry is the only one who's not stupid because he already has like a stupid brain or something you, and everyone else is just acting way stupider. Have you seen uh, that John Carpenter movie, They Live? 
I've not seen that with the sunglasses. He puts the sunglasses on and some people are aliens. I know the premise. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's like I put those on and it's like suddenly people's shirts that like I I thought it just said like, you know, Auburn or something. Like you put the glasses on and it goes like Avatar. It's like all these secret (laughs) Avatar fans walking around amongst us in in normal life. Walking among us. And I do think it, it was a cultural thing. Like at the... I. If this movie, if this Avatar sequel makes more than the first or like over two billion, if this makes over two billion dollars, I will have lost faith in all humanity, like f- forever. Avatar I, it one, would just I make think, me made think two point that I'm like, I uh, have less in common with the public than I thought I did. That's that's how the first Avatar made me feel. I, yeah, the first one I watched it in theaters and I was like. This was a cool theater experience. And then every time it has been on TV or something for the past 10 years, I'm like, this movie is terrible. Like, it's genuinely a bad movie. And it's just lazy. Like, it's, <laughs> it's dumb. It's a dumb, bad, dumb movie. And everyone, <laughs> you see it in theaters and it's 3D. And it was a cultural huge thing. Like, you got to see Avatar in 3D. Like, everyone's doing it. It's huge. Uh, and then just the movie sucks. Like, the visual effects in the theater sound design great but then a whole bunch of people are just turning it on like oh it's on tbs on a saturday that's how i'm gonna spend my afternoon and i cannot think of a worse way to spend your afternoon. i love the part where they put their ponytails and they link up their spirits to their flying dragons (laughs) what's happening (laughs) i so uh, you know as a manager of a theater i will have the opportunity to watch this before the rest of the world for one uh, well, before a majority of the rest of the world, and uh, to at uh, for free, I will be able to see it for free. And I don't know if I'm going to. Yeah. Like, will I watch this three-hour and ten-minute movie? What if reviews start coming out and it's like, actually, this one? Like, what if you see people who are like, I didn't even like the first one. I was with everyone else, but this one, they done it. There didn't, is something to this. But didn't the first one like get good reviews? Right. I think it got pretty good reviews, but I think among, uh, like the kind of film snobby subset, it didn't do so well. But I think I'm, I, I'm common audiences, it did well. But I, I think I'm going to look this up. Yeah. Avatar. My guess is it has like an eighty-one, eighty-two. Wow! Look at me. <laughs> fresh, certified fresh, three hundred and thirty-one reviews. Yeah. What? Because Black Panther is like at an eighty-six or an eighty-eight right now. Yeah. Wakanda Forever. Uh, I I don't I don't understand it. Like, we got to talk is, more about Black Panther. I know, but God, every time just Avatar really riles me up. We should do Avatar sucks versus no, it doesn't. <laughs> at some point, I think that's a very no shit. Title. Sorry, yes, yeah, no, yeah. Obviously, it does suck. First, <laughs> no shit. Then we get like the one Avatar defender on this podcast. Well, the one, the two billion Avatar defenders. One of them to yeah. come on the show and talk about why it's a good movie. Uh, I hate Avatar. Okay, this movie, a much better movie, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, so we get the sequence, the boat sequence, and then they are told, like, Namor's doing stuff. Do they go find Everett Ross at this point? <clears throat> Is that the next beat? Uh, it's got to be close to that. And then he, of course, tells them about the student prodigy. Hold on. Well, you've skipped... Uh, my one of my favorite parts of the movie where oh. they're like, I know a guy, basically. They're like, time to go meet with a colonizer. 
and Everett Ross is jogging while listening to Can't Stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I laughed out loud because that is the whitest thing the (laughs) whitest guy in this movie could be doing. Uh, Doing a a nice run while listening to Can't Stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I thought his American accent was really (laughs) solid in this one. Oh, yeah, it's great. I thought he made me think he was American. Yeah. Uh, I forgot he was British. Yeah, he was Um, Watson in Sherlock. He was. He was. He was doing a really good British accent for that. (laughs) Um, So they tell uh, Okoye and Shuri about, or he tells them about uh, the MIT student, right? Mm -hmm. So I wonder, they didn't address it at all, because Ironheart in the comics is like Iron Man's protege, basically. Yeah. Uh, Kind of the young Avenger version of Iron Man. Um, But they didn't really... Tie like tie it into Tony Scott, Tony Stark the character. Um, they did do some fun Iron Man one homages. Right, did you pick up on those falling thing? Yeah, yeah the the oxygen running high. out. Uh, which instead of like, I'm glad they just didn't reuse. It's too cold up here, shutting down. Yeah, but it was it was parallel. And then also she's stuck in a cave for half of the movie. Oh yeah, I didn't put that together, but sure. yeah, and I was I was thinking like. Oh, are they going to do like, cause she she's out. in the cave with someone else. Yeah. Is she going to like design a suit and break out? And I'm glad that they didn't just immediately like copy yeah. Iron Man, but it did. It made me think about them doing it, which I like. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's rattle some beats real quick. We, we got, oh, we got ground to cover. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's cover some ground. Uh, so they go into, or they meet the MIT student, um, she said the biggest laugh my theater got, I laughed out loud at the Everett Ross thing. Uh, that was hilarious to me. That is one of my top 10 comedic moments in a Marvel movie. Um, and my theater's biggest laugh with the 10 staff was when, uh, a coy or Sherry called or no, um, what is, what is Ironheart's name? Um, Riri, Riri yeah. Williams. Yeah. Uh, she called a head ashy when she was very self-conscious about it uh, yeah. beforehand going into the building. Um, everyone laughed at that. Thought it was very funny. Uh, and neither of these jokes landed for you, apparently. Or just the audience in general. I think there was kind of a chuckle when she held her heater over her head like she was going to throw it. There was some laugh there. Okay, yeah, I got we got laughs there. She was definitely the only character that was she like She was kind close. of the comic relief. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't... I, but you didn't, you didn't find the Everett Ross thing funny at all. Uh, now that you point it out, it's pretty funny. I mean, I did think it was funny that he was like, I don't know. It's kind of a corny thing to be listening to, but I did. Well, because also in the movie, they just make fun of him for being like white yeah. and being a nerd and a dork. And they introduce, if you haven't seen the first one, like, oh, I wonder what this dorky white guy is doing. And it immediately is cutting to can't stop by the red hot chili peppers. Like that is on brand. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, you should rewatch this movie now and maybe you'll With that one killer joke. (laughs) It's really good. It's a really, really good joke. Um, All right. So uh, they go to Ironheart's uh, lab that's hidden. They're like, Mm -hmm. Namor's coming. Oh, we missed missed an important beat. Uh, Shuri and her mother... Her mother uh, takes Shuri to the ocean, uh, the the seaside of Wakanda, and is like, you need to let out your emotion about your brother. Mm -hmm. And Shuri's like, no, because then I'll just get angry and I'll want to burn the world down. Um, And really throughout this movie, which I thought was a very intelligent storytelling device, uh, it's kind of like you've seen When Harry Met Sally, right? Yeah. 
where they just splice in footage of old couples talking. Mm. And that's like the point of the movie is love finds a way. Uh, this is like every time you're like, oh, we got the Chadwick intro. He's dead. They just talk. The characters will have one-on-one moments that break away from the plot of the movie. And they're just talking like, this is what I miss about him. This is mm-hmm. like they're mourning together. And I thought that was so brilliant for this movie. And this is the first one of those. The mother and Shuri are talking and uh, they and Shuri's basically like, I don't I, I'm going to get angry if I show any emotion. Namor shows up. He's like, hey, uh, we're going to kill this girl because she built technology for America. That's going to lead to them ruining the ocean or finding our whatever uh, the vibranium that's they're going to show up and it's going to be bad. Um, so he says bring them Ironheart and he will leave them alone. Otherwise he will release all of uh, his sea people on Wakanda and it will not be pretty. Um, And then we get the sequence uh, where the cops raid Ironheart's uh, studio. Mm -hmm. um, And also got a big laugh uh, when the FBI busts in and Riri's in her um, suit. And uh, one of the security guys is like, Oh shit, she's got an Iron Man suit. Uh, and then he like immediate she blasts him or whatever. Yeah, this is uh, a good sequence. I mean, just very the, good. The sequence. three people doing their own little chase. Yes. Stuff. Yep. Fun. I loved that. That's all very good. It felt a lot like when they're in Korea. Korea. In the first yeah. Black yeah. Panther. No, yeah. definitely. Um, and then we get another Winter Soldier nod. They're driving the car and a bomb goes off underneath and there's a huge car flip. Yeah, what they, did you they, think they, of these? They used a lot of these little water grenades. These water bombs were the best and every time like oh it was insane i, I just saw, i would see i saw one water bomb i'm like that's crazy how are they gonna beat that and then the next time it's five water bombs i'm like that's crazy how are they gonna beat that and then the last one is like 400 water bombs and it like flips a boat it's yeah. i love the water bombs they're so <laughs> cool um but the the bridge sequence uh namor shows up uh and you see Okoye fight uh, the sea creatures and she's pretty much holding her own one V three. Yeah. I mean, they're also super strong, so that's yes, not easy. Very strong. And then there's one who's like clearly stronger than the other two who is kind of like giving her shit. And there's, there's like a, a really dope action sequence where he like sticks her spear in the ground and then slams her head against it and clothes lines yeah. Uh, God, it, the fighting in this movie is so great. Well, um, and, and this is interesting because, you know, like in the opening or not the opening, but the um, the U.N. sequence earlier, we've yes. established how much better they are than any other Earth military force, yes. basically. And so Absolutely. then you have these people show up and it's like, yeah, but we, we're going to make her look kind of goofy. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're going to yes. clown on her. Yeah. And they do. And it makes these enemies quite intimidating. Um, and I'm here for it. Uh, so the bridge fight, I fucking love it. It. Also made me think, like, back to Black Widow, like, the first sequence where she fights uh, Taskmaster, mm-hmm. which is probably one of the stronger moments in that movie. And to me, this bridge sequence is just absolutely rules mm-hmm. compared to that. Like, everything about this fight, I fucking adore. Um, the fight ends with uh, Namor taking Shuri and Ironheart, because uh, Shuri's like, don't kill her take me as a prisoner and take her uh, and I'll try and talk you out of it. And then Okoye is left there. Um, they throw her into the water, I think. Um, yeah. And kind of leave her for dead. Um, and then 
uh, Okoye returns to Wakanda, tells the queen, like, oh, I lost your daughter. I know you told me not to. I'm really sorry about that. And the queen is like, you are banished. Yeah. Uh, you are stripped of your rank. How dare you do the one thing I told you not to do? Um, and it is and it is a very heartfelt, well-made scene because the whole council is, like, defending her. Like, hey, she's really good at her job. Like, maybe we should, like, not hesitate. Maybe you're acting Yeah, but then Angela and, Bassett goes on, like, yeah. nope, everyone in my family. Yeah, everyone's I'm dead. Done. <laughs> this is, yeah, I'm not, you people don't understand, which, again, really, really, really great. Um, then is this is the first time we see Atlantis, I believe. Yeah, so then we, we see her take the tour uh, with Namor, and he tries to give his sales pitch of like, so here's what we can do. We can team up. Maybe I'll still kill the scientist. Maybe not. But we can team up, and it can be Wakanda and us versus the world. We can burn it all yes. down, just like yes. you said you wanted. Yes, because she was like, I think I'm violent. I think I want to kill everyone. Um, meanwhile, while that's happening, uh, the queen is going to Haiti, mm-hmm. um, and they are, or she's, she goes to, uh, confront Black Panther's old flame. Um, I forget her name. Nakia? Yes, Nakia. Um, and she's like doing missionary work or whatever. And, uh, She's like, what if you came back in for one last heist? And Naki is like, all right, I'm you son of a bitch. I'm yeah. in. <laughs> I was one um, day from retirement. Yeah. But I like, again, this just, I like this way more than the first one. Like it improves the whole time she's in the first movie. I'm kind of like, what is her job here? Like, what is her character doing yeah. other than just kind of being like a love interest, but not, it's not really a love movie. So why is she there? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, no, this, this, this it, interestingly, great. they have uh, their relationship made more sense in this movie. Yes. Where he's then not even he's present. Alive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like you feel more Absolutely. love. Here. Yes. Um, really, really impressive. Uh, so. What happens um, before she sneaks in? Because I have a comment about that, but I think there might be another. Sneaks thing. into the cave? Yeah. Um, I think. Well, because uh, the queen summons Namor to get him out of there. Yeah. Because they're, they're basically Shuri and Namor. We get Namor's origin story, mm-hmm. and he's a mutant. Da-da-da-da. X-Men. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that was all good. I liked his, his backstory. His origin was really great. Yeah. Like, I love that whole sequence. That was awesome. Um, and just the magic behind, like, his ankle wings and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Really, really solid. Um... So that uh, happened, and then I think it immediately goes to her in the cave, and Shuri's like, no, I've negotiated peace with these people. Well, okay, here's my comment about that. It's like, she's like, she gets this one tip from this lady about where to go, and then it shows her in this weird submarine thing. Yeah. And then she goes below the water, and then she runs into the cave. It's like, wait a second. There was no sneaking necessarily. Like, how'd she get into the city? Where is, like, she just... She's just she took there. a back route through the cave. <laughs> it's just it's like a secret. Weird. Cave. I don't know. It's like the lady did know. The lady knew about it. But like, one. okay, if if we were doing a movie where someone was in prison, and and they were in like a U.S. prison, you wouldn't you expect a little bit of them like trying to sneak their way through the prison and like they 
get a guard and they bop him on the head and then they get a key and then they like you'd expect some high stuff but it, it just cuts for her like she went below the water and there she is <laughs> it was like the first yeah. place there it requires this, no exploration this movie no is also the second longest mcu movie do you really want an extra 15 minutes to make it a full three hours of explaining how she found the cave i think you could have showed like a few shots of her sneaking and being clever or something just be like okay so she uh, this is how she got here i don't know i just thought it was funny that it was just such like a bloop and i'm here hello yeah <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> the most effortless uh jailbreak of all time i i yeah i had even, no problem even though it's an underwater prison in a secret cave surrounded by incredibly strong sea people it's like I, actually not even slightly a problem so <laughs> i just imagine <laughs> when she talked to the uh, old Mayan lady or whatever, I imagine in my head like a 10 minute sequence of her like doing an Ocean's Eleven, like blueprints of the cave and everything. Yeah. Like, here's where you got to go in, but don't go in before this time or at this time. Um, this is just one. The- it's like this movie is long, so it's hard to say you really need to add anything. But like it, this sequence, I was just like, oh, I guess she just I gets think, there, huh? Uh, it's that's a. Oh, this is like phase one pettiness from you. <laughs> I just, Black I just, Widow know how to code. <laughs> it's just, a, you know, you have to sneak into a place, don't you? Like if if you're trying she to, did. Do a she did. She was very sneaky. Uh, presumably, we in. didn't see it happen, but presumably she was very sneaky. They had to. All right, uh, but would you would you prefer like even if they cut that sequence down? Do you want like a five to ten minute sequence of what I'm talking about? The Ocean's Eleven blueprints of the cave because that's what i assumed happened i wouldn't mind it like i think i think a high sequence can be very fun and this is a an opportunity for you to do one and also show off why this character is cool and badass to begin with because we don't get that too much in this she has like some little moments where she's fighting with like was she fighting with rings is that like uh, on the boat? Like she has these like yeah she because they have those weapons in the first one yeah so that was cool or whatever but you could still have shown her just I don't know just be like oh this is this is why Black Panther liked her is because she's a badass yes. and she can do all this well, high stuff instead of just dipping below the water and immediately they showing because in the first movie the one like the only moment the Nokia has um, or Nakia I don't want to say on, on IMDb it says N A K I A. Nucky, I think, yeah, I think I'm just, my Everett Ross dialect just sounds dorky when I'm saying her, her lovely name. Um, but, uh, the only thing she does in the first movie is like, is undercover when Black Panther shows up in the first sequence, like from all the, the people being kidnapped, I think, Mm -hmm. um, or it's some sort of jailbreak, uh, and then she's like all cut through the movie and T'Challa is thrown off the cliff uh, and uh, they go like they leave when Killmonger burns down the throne room and all that. Um, and then she's like all of a sudden like, oh, I love T'Challa like he's my life. And there's only a couple other scenes. Uh, she doesn't really do anything badass. It is just rumored that she is a badass. Yeah. So but here movie, would have been an opportunity. They show it. <clears throat> No, this they show it. She's got the rings <laughs> for like ten seconds at the end, and then she also does the. Uh, she's in the fight in Wakanda, or I guess she's more saving people, right? Uh, when, like when uh, the uh, Namor invades Wakanda the first time. Oh yeah, like in that sequence, she's, she's saving, saving people. Yeah, 
<clears throat> and you also want to think about the uh, spoiler for the end of the movie, but she has a son. Yes. That she probably wants to stay out of the front lines to yes. stay around and race. That was maybe one of the best scenes in the movie, but we'll get there. <clears throat> we will. That was really, really great. Um, <clears throat> definitely the most heartfelt a post credit scene has ever been. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so they free her from the cave. Um, Riri does not make a Tony Stark exit through the cave sequence, which I'm kind of glad, but I I like that they were like, you. they made it so diehard fans could be like, is she going to bust out of this cave like Iron Man? Also, when, when um, she was going exploring, she had to get in this suit because um, he was like, yeah. the water pressure will crush your bones. But then when sure. they're leaving, they're just holding on to the outside of her little submarine. So I guess it wasn't going to crush their bones that bad. I think he's also just a bit hyperbolic when it comes to, like, you don't want to live down here. Like, this is the shit. <laughs> but also, like, you know, he lives there and he makes a living and he loves it. Yeah. He loves his little water town. Who wouldn't? Do you like the visuals of the water? Like what the city looks like? Yeah, I, I just think it was like a little dark, but I guess it, that's... It's underwater. I know, but you could have Miles had... Miles underwater. But they could have made more lights with whatever magic they have. Mm, you don't need don't the know, sunlight pretty, to make it bright. Pretty fact-driven movie. You don't think there's a lot of magic. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Like it, it had a little bit of Asgard feeling to it. I like any yeah. sort of like big visual... I don't know, yes. like rendering with that kind of tech. For sure. Um, and uh, then I guess we cut to Namor invading Wakanda. Yeah. Because um, they take Shuri back. Uh, they take Ironheart back. They're hanging out in Wakanda. Shuri still like um, doesn't know how to express her grief. Uh, Namor shows up. Really, really great action sequences. Because um, Umbaku also in the beginning was like, Namor, what's he, a little water man? I'm going to kick his ass. Like, he's mm-hmm. jump change, like, no shot. Uh, and then Namor comes and absolutely owns Umbaku. Yeah. Like, just one punch and just throws him now, this across, is, the, across the... This is the quintessential sequence where you meet up with the villain and there's just like, oh, we're completely outmatched. Yes. Um, and the only uh, reason they have great. a chance to regroup is because he lets them. Like, he considers this a warning shot and he's like, okay, yes. now... Don't make me come yes. back here. Yeah. I'll pop you. You're not going <laughs> to like it when I come back here. Um, but in, in so doing and in, in attacking the city, uh, Queen the Ramonda queen. ends up. Well, you're skipping. You're skipping Whoa, what do I skip? Queen, uh, the queen is protecting Ironheart. Yes. And Namor's like, let me into the throne room or whatever. And she's like, no, over my dead body. Then Namor's like, hold my beer and pulls out five water bombs. <laughs> Which is way more than the one that I saw earlier. They should make like a a, a water balloon tie-in piece of merch. I hope they Somehow have. You God, it I up hope. And it has like um, like those lines on. They it. must. Those I would buy the shit out of those. Yeah. Like imagine being a child. pool. Yeah, a kid at a pool with those. Yeah. Oh man, that more. exists. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm about to order some of these for your birthday. Jumping off a diving board and you pretend you have little wings on your feet. Oh my god. This is, I mean, yeah, this movie, all of these movies sell toys, but this one's going to sell toys. Yeah. Uh, yep, they already exist. You can buy 18 of them at Walmart. Oh, well. That, like, it packs of 18. They would have been fools $6. not to. Wow, that's a tough, <laughs> tough rate. $6 <laughs> for 18 Yeah, but it's, it's Wakanda, dude. Dang. You could buy shitty non-Wakanda balloons and have, like, a lame birthday party, or you could buy Wakanda water balloons. Thanks, Biden. (laughs) (laughs) My Namor water balloons are $6. 
<laughs> What's that? Like, it's, isn't that 33 cents a balloon? That doesn't seem that bad. Back in my 18. day, you could get 50 balloons for two bucks. You never bought the water balloons. Your parents always bought the water I balloons. I bought the water balloons. <laughs> With your allowance? <laughs> yeah, I rode my bike to the store. And bought, yeah. Water and balloons. And bought the water balloons. Um, well, I yeah, I, I'll buy you some for your birthday. And then I'll have you Venmo me half the cost because they're so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um this whole sequence is great. The The queen saves Ironheart. They're both drowning, and the queen pulls her to the surface. Shuri is uh, Shuri and Nokia are uh, flying around, um, help saving the drowning Wakandans. Um, and uh, they go to the throne room. They're like, oh, shit, Namor showed up. Uh, and Namor's like, don't make me come back here. And then leaves, and then the queen is drowning, and Okoye comes and helps out. Uh they're all trying to save the two people who have drowned, Ironheart and the Queen. And Ironheart comes too. This is a very intense scene. I like mm-hmm. how they did this, and they did like the beads to simulate yeah. a, uh, uh, you know, the electric mm-hmm. things that I, I don't know the, what are those called. I yeah no, it's like right on the top of my brain. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Uh, um, but yeah, the Wakanda beads to the pulse thing. Yeah, you know, like the electric defibrillator. Defibrillators. Yes, there we go. There we go. Um, but uh. So one of the things me and Ellie talked about after this is she was like, did they need to kill the queen? Like, was there not enough motivating Shuri at this point? And and then Ellie speculated maybe she was done with being in these movies. (laughs) Yes. I think that is a huge part of it. Because I was also thinking, like, that seems like a cheap shot. Yeah. Like, we already lost Chadwick. That's the whole motivation. Like, nobody else in this movie should die except maybe Namor. But I know they won't kill him because he's going to be a big player moving forward. Obviously. Like, he's a huge name. They're not going to kill him off in his first movie. Um. So that to me went, went before, like I thought I was unsure if it was going to happen and then she died. And I think that they handled it in a good way of like, Oh, it's different. It's a different kind of grief. And her grief is just piling on. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like, instead of her death, like mourning about her death, it's kind of like black widow dying in Endgame. Like it's sad, but Tony Stark died in Endgame. So like, that's really all we care about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love that movie. I've heard a lot of Black Widow stands who are like super. Uh, how dare you? Like um, ruin, like no, don't pay love to uh, Black Widow. Um, one sec, John, come in. You can grab the keys. They're on the thing. Don't worry, we'll edit this out, or you can keep it in. It'll probably stay, and I haven't been doing much editing recently. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm staying at my friend's house and he is moving my car because I blocked him in his own driveway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to Wakanda forever. Um, they show up. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. The Black Widow people are like, um, how dare like she did not get a proper death. Do you, I don't know if there's any Black Panther fans who are like super big fans of the queen. Like, how dare you not give my woman yeah. like a proper legacy? Um, I haven't heard that complaint yet. I imagine there are some people, but I think Ellie probably makes the most compelling reason. She probably did not want to be committing to this movie, the sequel that's going to come out five years from now. Yeah. Um, she's probably done. That's fine. Um, 
And then uh, Shuri uses the uh, necklace that Namor gave her to perfect the uh, synthetic heart-shaped herb. Um, she takes it, she does the Black Panther drink, um, and then they don't bury her, they just keep her on a table, because she's unsure if it will work and she might, like, die. Uh, and she goes, it works, she goes to the throne room, and who does she see but Killmonger. Eric Killmonger. Yeah, this was um, one of the best moments, I think. Just re- that okay. reveal that, that it's him. I knew, well, one, yeah. I heard I heard a rumor that he was in it. Yeah. And like years ago, and I was like, he had the most perfect death, um, in well, I mean, like impactful death, I guess you should say, mm-hmm. um, in Black Panther one. Like he's like, I'd rather be dead than in bondage, bondage kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and then dies, and that's really impactful. So if they brought him back and like he wasn't dead, that would have ruined that arc. That no, would have yeah. been terrible. So I'm thinking, where can you bring him back? Put him in the movie. Oh, Chadwick Boseman is dead. Maybe they're hanging out in the the nether realm together because yeah. whatever I don't think it's called the shadow realm or whatever that's the Thor thing. Um, ancestral yeah, plane is that what they ancestral call it? plane? Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Because um, that is honestly my number one with a bullet favorite moment from Black Panther one, mm-hmm. the ancestral plane, um, and where he sees his father and he's like, "I'm not ready to live in a world without you," uh, and they have a great father son moment. Maybe my favorite father-son moment in a movie, aside from all of Big Fish. Great <laughs> film. Um, but they, uh, that whole, this this whole sequence, I, I was like immediately, okay, he's going to be in the movie. They have a device in storytelling in this universe where they can visit dead people. Mm-hmm. So clearly this is the part where Killmonger is going to show up. And my theater... My the other eight people are like gasp like oh my god and I was like no it's obvious duh of course it's going to be him here like yeah. where else are you going to put him in this movie um, so you were surprised well I mean I I hadn't thought about it like I guess if I had if I had tried to have uh, like an anticipation of what would sure. happen when she went to the ancestral plane maybe I, that would have yes. occurred to me but I had no like yeah I, I didn't even. It had been a while since I watched the movie. I figured she'd become Black Panther at some point, but I thought she could do yeah. it different, maybe because of her techiness. Okay. You know, like maybe she she sure. figured it out like, another uh, way. Kind of like um, Anthony Mackie becoming uh, Captain America without the serum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, like she could have just been a more tech-based Black Panther that didn't need the ancestral sure. plane. But uh, and also, I just didn't remember that they burnt it down and all that stuff. When I was watching, that, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember." <laughs> oh this yeah, now. there's no no more herb. Left. But yeah, when he came in, I was just like, "Oh, this is." It, it's like the little devil on her shoulder being like, "Yeah, yeah. burn it." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's great. He's a great actor. Mm-hmm. He's great in everything. Um, Except maybe that Josh Trank Fantastic Four movie, which, you know, not his yeah, fault. Yeah, probably not his bad. <laughs> Seems like there was a lot going on, uh, a lot of other problems with that movie. Um, so uh, she has the dream sequence, and they she awakes from it and is like, I didn't see anybody. I think she's like maybe self-conscious that she saw yeah. the villain of the previous movie. Um and she just goes on, like, I'm Black Panther now, it's fine, I'm super strong, uh, we got all the, the stuff figured out. Um, and they do a gearing up sequence where they're ready to wage war on um, Tenochtitlan, or Tenoch, 
you know, yeah. Telecom. And this telecom. is an interesting part because they decide to do it on a big boat. Uh, yes. Which I was thinking a little bit of going have... into their own like territory. Like, yes. What if we provoked them from the desert? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, they had to attack home base, and I thought, like, are they going to do an underwater battle? Yeah. How is that going to look? That's going to be really weird. Um, and obviously, boat, like, oh, land and sea, best of both worlds, and it's a really big boat. It is a it's big like boat. A aircraft carrier kind like of like what they off. said in. Uh Famously in Jaws, we're going to need a bigger boat. They didn't need one here. They had a big enough boat. They had the biggest boat. Well, like the writer of Wakanda Forever saw Jaws the night before, right? And like, I'm going to give them that big boat. They've always they've always wanted this. The silver screen has always wanted the bigger boat from Jaws. And boy, did they get it! Yeah, they got. No matter how many water bombs you put under this sucker, it'll stay up. Yeah. Um. So they're gearing up. They go to the boat. Uh, Ironheart has her new armor. What did you think of the armor? Looked good. Like, it looked less like, sleek than Tony's did, which I think is good because she's still She's young. about to have her own show yeah. where she, like, you know, makes stuff. I liked the man-made, or the, the one in, like, her, her nerdy tech one. It's mm-hmm. kind of just like Spider-Man, Spider-Man costume before he meets yeah, exactly. Tony Stark. Uh, I, I like that improv level. Um, it's cool looking. Uh but yeah, uh, the new suit was pretty cool. She's got like a gun for an arm, which is kind of sick. Um, more like a war machine design. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll show up uh, in Ironheart and uh, Armor Wars, whatever the uh, the new uh, war machine movie is, Don Cheadle. Um, oh, Sam Rockwell's set to return in that. Did you hear about that? No. Sam Rockwell from Iron Man 2 will be, Justin Hammer will be getting out of prison and immediately raging, uh, causing grief and havoc in uh, Armor Wars. I mean, it's not like he was the problem with that movie, so, you know. No, he was one of the better parts. Uh, I would like to see him in other projects. Um, So, huge fight sequence in the ocean. All of it's great. Just the way they attack the Atlanteans and they throw stuff underwater to how do they get them out of the water like they they do something yeah. to fuck oh yeah their, yeah some like weird audio thing i feel like it's yeah. like a noise that is oh yeah they put like the the thing that riri made in the the first mm-hmm. one or the the beginning of the movie that helped find the um vibranium mm-hmm. it's just like a huge boombox playing really loud noise underwater so what now if it was are, red hot chili peppers again <laughs> that would be fucking oh. hilarious <laughs> <laughs> Um, totally probably would not fit, have fit the movie no. uh, but yes they, they have that um, flies up to uh, the, the, so they're fish out of water they're little, literal fish out of water but they're still way stronger so they're, they're winning they're, very, they're very clearly winning this fight yes and they have um, like the apparatus yeah. like to because to, they, they realize like oh we need to take them from the water that's how they drown so that's their move with Namor. They like ab- abduct him into a ship that is just a whole, like a dehydrating mm-hmm. chamber kind of deal. But then he and starts then raging at it. And he busts yes. it up. You would think. And then I guess he's just too strong to prevent that from happening. But you think they would have guessed he's like pretty strong. What if he freaks out in here? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they had Shuri in yeah. there. Shuri's like, I'll take care of yeah. him. Um, yeah. So they end up on an island and they're 
they have a really great fight, and then meanwhile, there's just a huge, really great 25 minute action sequence. Mm-hmm. It's hard it's to 20- it's hard to go through that beat by beat. But. Yeah, but uh, Koye has her rematch with the guy who upstaged her, the fish man who upstaged mm-hmm. her earlier in the movie. And now she's uh, got this interesting w- armor. This, Wait, are, yes, those, are those are those established like Black Panther characters from the comics? Are, I think they're in the comics because um, it's interesting. They, I, they brought in this other girl who was in the first one, I guess, but just had a pretty small role. And they made her yeah. like the second of the two with her and Okoye. Yes. And I was like, that's an yeah. interesting way to elevate that second character. So I, I, I wonder if they were like a pair in the comics. And that's why well, she was given that role. Uh, Ayo, I believe that's Okoye's partner. Mm-hmm. Um is in Falcon Winter Soldier. She's the person who gives, uh, who shows up to take, mm. um, take what's his face back to, uh, to take Zemo back to prison. Okay. Interesting. She's the, the Wakandan guard who shows up. So she's already like a big player. She's doing other stuff. Okay. Well, fair enough. I, I, I just don't remember just... her compared to the rest of the cast. She's, she's not like when you think of black Panther no. character, she's not at the first level. She's, she's B tier, yeah. but I think they're trying to move her up a bit. Um, and I'm not even sure if that was AO, if I'm, I might be remembering incorrectly. Mm. Um, but I thought, cause she's in the movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember if that was her at the end who wore the armor with a koi. I figured it would be cause that's the second most famous Marvel Dora Milaje character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that whole thing is, uh, that whole sequence, all 25 minutes of that is better than every second of avatar one. Like it's insane. Like if people want to watch Avatar one, just watch this. This this movie is so much better. So she it's, she okay. eventually kicks Namor's ass. Yeah, he like stabs her though, and yeah. I thought for a moment like, is this are all of <laughs> yeah the no family way. gonna yeah. die? Like that would be insane. But I guess her Black Panther powers give her enough yeah, resilience it, that she can take yes. a simple stab through the a, s- a stab, <laughs> and then the vibranium armor kind of just also like heals around it. Yeah, that heals. But I was like. What's going on inside there? Is it just like blood soup? Well, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they do. Yeah, it's probably bloody in the soup. Yeah. It probably gets bloody. But yes, she has Black Panther power, so yeah, a bit stronger. Uh, Namor is like limping to the ocean. She um, blasts him with the engines. blows up. Uh, did we skip the... I think we already skipped the hundred water bombs. Because it looks like the Wakandan soldiers are winning. Yeah. Uh, and then the Atlanteans go to the bottom of the boat. One of them throws yeah. like, and then a lot of them fall into the water. water and that's not where you want to be to go back yeah. to jaws. It's like the sequence where it's like 250 men go into the water and then like there, the sharks come. It's like, yeah, all that bit. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the exact, this movie's a lot like um, jaws. When you think about it's, it, <laughs> it is a uh, menacing sea, sea guy, mm-hmm. uh, and a whole bunch of, uh, vibranium (laughs) um yeah so after the five water bombs in the previous sequence i was like how are they gonna top that and then there are like a hundred water bombs in this and i lost my shit really more than a hundred for sure that was like it was a bunch it was a lot i was like how are they gonna and just god the the way they look when they explode Mm. like just that one on the bridge like sets the tone for what these things can do Mm. And it's just like a whole bunch of water comes out. It's awesome. I love these water bombs. They're so cool. Uh, uh, so okay. the fight, she blows him up and then she's about to kill him. And then she has a moment of resilience and she thinks about her brother, um, which perfect callback to his first arc in Civil War when he's like, I have let vengeance consume 
or every vengeance is consumed everyone else i will not let it consume me and he takes baron zemo to jail instead of killing him for murdering his father uh and shuri has realized the same thing and her brother's legacy that everything he's taught her and she's like i'm not gonna do i will i he taught me well i will not murder this man though then later for revenge dig two graves then later we see namor scheming so it's a little bit of a (laughs) bummer yeah, he is definitely an anti-hero. I think he might be a villain in the comics, but they kind yeah. of wanted to make him a bit more like... So, yeah. another thing that I, I struck out to me when I was watching this is so she like go, she makes this truce, and then yes. they go back to stop the fighting, and when she gets there, there's like... It seems like there's like 10 Wakandans left, and they're surrounded. Yeah. And, yes. and I, I feel like when she shows up there, she's kind of like, wait a second, this isn't a very good deal. <laughs> You've done it. But then it shows them getting back to Wakanda. And this is something uh, that seems to happen. It, it has happened a couple times in Marvel movies where it feels like, like there's been a battle and it feels like yes. one side has been completely annihilated. Like for sure. instance, the Asgardians, it's like, wow, there's sure. like no Asgardians left. And then it, you go cut to the future and it's like, oh, actually there's hundreds of them. Well, the Asgardians, that one makes sense because Infinity War, the ship just launched all the escape pods and then they add years to breed and then there's a whole bunch of Asgardians. Yeah. Well, it, but this was kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, it looks like there's like only 10 left on the ship. And then it shows them getting back to Wakanda and there's like all sorts of ships coming in. So it's like, I guess some but of them were fine. ship. They weren't all on the top level of the ship. Yeah. Wakandans were probably, oh man, if they had a camera shot of what the Wakandans were doing to the uh, Namorians, like on the sub levels of the ship, Wakanda really had the upper hand there. Oh, well, I guess so. A lot of off-camera stuff in this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that whole sequence is great. Namor does do a little scheme. Um, a little and oh, we, for, we have not touched on one of the cooler MCU tie-ins. Everett Ross used to be married to Val. Oh, yeah. Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah, we haven't talked about um, Val Valentina. being in this at all. We have not. She is in the movie. She is Doing her own leader scheming. of the FBI now. Yeah. yeah, she's she runs the FBI, I guess. That's seemingly, kinda, yeah. Um, that's pretty menacing. Yeah, <laughs> she's a menacing character to run the FBI. Yeah. Um, that seems like it was gonna cause trouble later down the yeah, line. Yeah, that very much. Like um, they didn't really do much with that here, except for just being like, "Hey, by the way, you need to know that she's in this place, and she's still kind of scary, and she's putting her finger on the." I love that. Whatever. So. I love God. I love MCU tie-ins. The more. The, the more there are, the better the movie. Yeah. And this movie's already very strong without them, but the fact that it has this, it's just a little extra push it needed to be really, really great. And then, um, so, are we ready to get to the post credit scene? Is there anything else? No, because the end of the movie is maybe my favorite moment of the entire movie, other than the water bombs, obviously. Um, and the Everett Ross listening to Can't Stop by Red mm-hmm. Hot Chili Peppers. Those are my two favorites. Uh, she finally, after talking to all these people and has the battle... She is ready to burn her brother's clothes, which was what her mother told her to do earlier on, like burn them. She's like, I don't want to burn them because then I'll be mad that he's dead. Uh, And she burns them and she just has a really, really powerful cry. And that's the end of the movie, Mm -hmm. the cut. Um, And then now we can. What did you think of the ending? The last shot? Like, I just think that last shot was amazing. Yeah. Because she's also thinking about there's there's cuts to uh, Chadwick Boseman doing stuff in the other movies. Uh Uh, and it's, and obviously it's not like him in Endgame, which they could have put. That's what they put in the intro. But this is her memory mm-hmm. of him. She wasn't there for those battles, right? Um, but she remembers what he was doing when they were hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. I love this, and 
this whole sequence. A plus. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it, it's what everyone's been telling her to do the whole movie is like feel yeah. it. And so she finally feels it. Um, and then and Just then such a good cry. The credits roll and we get a little bit of like finally something kind of breaks her way. It's like yeah. there is, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman Jr. Except for oh, yes. Black Panther. <laughs> yes. Um, T'Challa Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kid's uh, very adorable. And He was almost too yeah. cute. I was like, was Black Panther this cute when he was a kid? I feel like this is like a level Maybe. of cuteness that is. <laughs> well, Nokia is pretty, or Nokia is uh, pretty yeah. cute. Like, uh, I keep calling her the cell phone brand. Yeah, I just, it's hard to imagine this kid growing up Nokia. into a superhero person, but. Well, I mean, we've already established all the other young Avengers, but now it's weird because there's young Avengers because there's like, Ironheart and uh, um, Kate Bishop and um, a whole bunch of other like the, the Wiccan and Speed Wanda Wanda's mm. kids America Chavez um, but, yeah America Chavez but then there's like the young young Avengers who's like Thor's daughter at yeah. the end of Love and Thunder the baby and Avengers this kid yeah the baby <laughs> Avengers like that seems like what they're building to or maybe the I guess I can't wait for the embryonic Avengers. <laughs> I guess they're going to be, because everyone was like, oh, Kate Bishop, she's the young Avenger. But by the time that movie gets made, Kate Bishop's going to be 30-something. Yeah. Which is, gonna, she's going to be, they're going to be the age that the original yeah, Avengers were the when Avengers. this started. <laughs> so I think the young Avengers are going to be like the young, like probably Wicked and Speed, I guess, are younger. Yeah. Um, so, and then baby Chadwick and baby Thor, uh, they'll be the young Avengers. Mm. Um, in five years, whenever that movie gets made. Um, all right. Are we ready for your review? Yeah, I, I don't, I think I give this. So what'd you give it? I give it 5.33. Do you want to know what you thought of the first black Panther? I'm on the page. Or any other movies? Oh, okay. Uh, I do have to scroll to see what I gave the first black Panther. 4.5. I do think this was an improvement. I'm going to give it a 4.75. Wow. Uh, that's still not as good as mine. But, uh, you know, oh, I have to click and drag this, uh, this coloring color scheme that you've, <laughs> you've invented. Um, so yeah, I give it a 5.33. Who are your Avengers at the table? Let's see. We'll do the Guardians of the Galaxy. So we'll All do Drac. We'll do Groot. Drax. Drac. <laughs> Drac. We'll do Group. We'll do Group. <laughs> Rocky Raccoon. Rocky Raccoon, naturally. We'll do uh, Stair Lord, and uh, <laughs> then we'll do Bruce Banner and Jennifer. No, Ooh, Jennifer Walters, not Jennifer Walters. That's uh, um, the woman from Arrested Development. Je- yeah, no, Jessica Walters is the woman. Jessica Walt. No, Jessica. Yeah, it is Jennifer. Yeah, it's Jen. Is it Jennifer? Yeah. Jen Walters. Okay, yeah, that's right. Uh, it's just Jen. So Walters. she'll be my half point, and then Ant Man will be my quarter point. Okay. Um, good. Well, four point seven five. Let's just uh, for the fans at home. Comparatively, uh, Jordan gave She Hulk a four point two five, Werewolf by Night a four, Miss Marvel a four, Love and Thunder a four. Uh, and Multiverse of Madness of five. You know, I so didn't even look like at Multiverse of Madness and Thor: Love and Thunder while I was making this rating, but I like where this has ended up between them. Yeah, well, naturally, because so uh, we will be doing a Thanksgiving episode uh, as soon as Jordan has a little time off from the law. Yeah. 
um, whenever that may be. Um, and then uh, I would love to do before our Christmas episode, um, which is the Guardians Christmas special this year. That's very mm-hmm. exciting. Um, I would love to do an episode with Liam O'Connor, a phase four recap mm-hmm. now that the end of phase four has commenced. Speaking of color what coding, I need to been. color code these by phase. You should. Yes, that is also important. <laughs> that seems like a good thing to distract you from studying today. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you, you think of phase four overall? This is the last time we're going to be talking about phase four until the recap. So is this the end of phase uh, four officially? This is the last thing. This of phase is a better four. phase ender. Going back then, to our discussion of phase enders back when we thought it was Thor. It was originally Love and Thunder. And then I think yeah, this is a much wanted... better ending. Like it feels this yes. has some like it resolved that gravitas. Yeah, it resolved like the kind of one of the questions in the MCU, which is just like, how does Black Panther move on without Chadwick Boseman? Yes. Like that yes. more meta question. Yeah. So, so far our phase enders, and this will probably stack up as maybe number three, I would imagine, because phase one is Avengers mm-hmm. 1. Phase two is Ant-Man, mm-hmm. which is possibly the weirdest phase and- ender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then phase three is Endgame, which is the best phase yeah. ender. Actually, no, it's uh, Far From Home, because that's like the epilogue. Yeah, I feel like we should, I, I feel like the penultimate one is really like... I don't know. Counting the epilogue feels weird as being the true end. But that's that's. I didn't make the rules. That's what Phase Four. That's the What's ending. What's the one of, before that's the ending of Phase Three? Uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah. So again, that feels like that's maybe the end, and then the, then an epilogue. Well, they had two movies coming out that year, and they're like, we can release it in July and May. Those. That's when it's going to make the most money, and we know Avengers is going to make the most money, so that's what we gotta mm-hmm. put first. But yeah, this one, I guess we're not really going to have an epilogue. So the first thing of Phase 5, I guess, will be the Guardians Christmas special. Um, but the first actual movie... I need to make sure the Guardians Christmas special isn't being tagged on to Phase 4. I'm pretty sure this is the end. Because Phase 5, they want to start with Mania and Kang the Conqueror is like... Mm-hmm. He, that's This is who we're going to be dealing with for the rest of this Yeah, we teased saga. him, but now we're going to see him in we action. We teased him. But now he is. Oh, I just love that shot of all of his like Kang dropships flying around. Because mm. uh, he's about to launch into each universe and just wreak havoc. And it is very, very exciting. Sounds crazy. All right. Oh, what a time to well, be alive. I have been Jordan Peoples and Marvel has sucked. You have enjoyed this movie. Uh, how dare you? <laughs> I am Cade Wybert and no, it doesn't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's a put on.